hello and welcome to this special 2013 pre-season edition of Spitball. I am your host, Adri Bullhawk Mallows, and with me, as always, Marcus Innuendo Bingo. How are you, sir? <laughs> I forgot that nickname. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, the nickname's going to stick until we can come up with another one. So, uh, how are you doing, sir? I'm very good, thank you. Good, good. So... Before we start with what's going on this season, how have you been able to fill your time in this big long gap between April and now? Um, well, me personally, I've been trying to get into other sports. Super League has been keeping me occupied in one sense because that's kind of nice. It's sort of a rugby version of American football. Yeah. Uh, and also the other one is a lot of the guys in the team now, we, we're getting into this, this this LFL. The Legends Football League. The Legends Football, the Ladies Football League. Um, for all the demeanour people are giving it, there is actually some real grit, determination and, and incredible passion gone into it completely. Oh, absolutely. I 100% agree. And uh, one of the players who I will talk about a lot, uh, Ashley Solano, purely because when you see some of the hits she delivers, you have to remember that A, she's supposed to be a quarterback, and B, when she sends someone flying, when she gets that hit time sweetly, you wouldn't know whether it's ladies playing or not purely from the collision. It's it's such high speed, it's beginning to get to a point now where people really do need to start taking it seriously and, and forget about what they have to wear. But I won't go into that too much further because uh, we have a special season review coming out on the Bullhawks Nest, which will be up at the beginning of next week, so from Monday uh, evening slash Tuesday morning you should see that so check it out just give you sort of some players that have impressed this season and we obviously have the big LFL pro, uh, bowl Sunday evening um, look forward to that and uh, we have Chicago and Philly who, who do you think is going to take it? I'd have to just give it to Chicago I think the way that they played through the playoffs itself especially dispatching off LA I, I, I'd have to give it to them I would agree based on the, the play of uh, their quarterback but when I was writing the, the season review, when I first started writing it, I did uh, put in my notes that I thought Philly were going to win it. So we will have to see what happens there. And as we always like to agree to disagree, um, we will leave that there. Takes the snap, back to throw. Here's the run, it's going to be sacked. Unfortunately, Harry can't be with us this week. Um, he's going to be missing for the first few weeks of the season, but he will still be chipping in, giving us some questions like he has this week. And as soon as we can get him back on the show, I'm sure everyone out there will be grateful to have him back. Absolutely. And in the meantime, we will also try and fit in some special guests from people we know through Spartans or uh, maybe even uh, one or two American friends. So, Brilliant, sounds like you've been keeping yourself quite busy through... Uh, through the off-season. Let's um, start off with one of the things that's uh, swirling around in the NFL atmosphere at the moment, and that is that it looks like RG3, despite his horrendous knee injury last year, looks pretty set to start the season opener this year. Medical science. Oh my. To be fair, the amount of money that's been pumped into that knee to bring it back up to, it's almost like the bionic, was it the $10 million man, was he? We can rebuild him. We have the technology. We can make him better than he was. Better. Stronger. Faster. Are you trying to say his knee's been juiced up? No, what I'm saying is that there's been a lot more due care and attention than any normal ACL sort of tearing and stuff like that. Yeah, I know no, um, when I did mine, no one gave a crap. Well, it's, it's not just <laughs> that. It's like the way it's been, I think, 
um, seem to. I mean, so when Lattimore did his, most people assume that it would end his career. I mean, same with um, Keller. I don't think there'll be as much put into Keller's knee. Not replacement, but you know what I mean, repair. Yeah, a lot of talk actually about that particular Keller hit and the defender who said, well, we keep getting told we have to go low. But there are lots of people saying that how low he went on Keller was horrendous and that it's uh, it, potentially it, a career-ending tackle. It is a bit weird because, of course, yes, you are told that um, you know, you're supposed to avoid the head. At the same time, you know as a smaller guy hitting a, a, you know, a DB taking on a tight end is in favour, weight-wise, to the tight end most of the time, and the momentum carrying forward. So the easiest way is to snap at his ankles, unfortunately. That's the way you're told told to tackle, is that you bring the, the big guy down by his ankles. It doesn't matter whether he weighs 150 pounds or 350 pounds. He's going down. It just so happens that there is a point that when you hit it in such a uh, such an angle as it got hit, there's no other real way except for that need to, unfortunately, completely cave in on itself, which is, is what's happened. Yeah, so we, we wish uh, him a speedy recovery because he has been a consistently uh, great tight end. I he, think. he was he was on my list to be dropped. He was definitely my number one. Just because of the system he was in, I thought he was going to get so well used. Mm. I honestly had him as my number one fantasy tight end this year because I thought he had great things to come from. Okay, yeah, that's a shame. But so back to RG3 though. Obviously, the medical science, like I said, the technology involved in, in recovery these and days. And his attitude. Number one thing, his attitude. He wants to be in that huddle. He wants to be on that field. There's no denying that you could literally blow his leg off and he would tell you to strap on a bionic and he's going to be out there next Sunday. Um, he's just got such passion and belief in the game that, um, yeah, he makes people want to play for him. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the one thing I found a bit surprising, which is it's taking the rules maybe a little bit too far <laughs> in my eyes. I think you know where I'm going to go with this, yeah. that uh, during a, a pre-season game, I'm not sure if it was the pre-season one against the Bills or not, I think it may have been, where at the start in the warm-ups he's wearing a T-shirt that says Team Patience. But because it's not proper pre-season, pre-game training apparel, the league fine him. I mean, it's one of those ones. It's uh, I I think the league does see these some things as opportunities. I mean, don't get me wrong; they're trying to protect their interest. At one at one point, you know, you've got like a a slogan of you know goodwill and intentions. Where does it stop? Does that mean now players can then get outrighted by their by their logo sponsors to make sure they're completely decked up? If Nike want to turn around and sit there and pay Andrew Luck when he's at training, um, in, in that sort of pre-game training kitted head to toe never mind about what the team's wearing for their unity and what the league wants for their unity but just his personal Nike's got him head to toe with their yeah. ticks all over him so I can see where it's going because they're trying to they, if you stamp it out now and if you have the, the, the good authority to to be heavy handed with it like a 100% no tolerance regardless of what it says exactly I think that's the best way to go all or nothing. Um. <laughs> it's an interesting way to be. All or nothing. That's how we like to play our ball as well, isn't it, really? So, uh, excellent. So, not just uh, RG3. That's not the only quarterback news uh, making, it, making it out there this week. We have the potential that if Mark Sanchez's shoulder doesn't heal, we have <coughs> Geno Smith to start in week one. I mean, I think he was always going to start in week one. I don't think either of them have impressed over pre-season, especially not that last game. 
Smith, he's got to calm down. He's a young lad in a, in a new environment, difficult situation. He's in the most catalytic of environments. I mean, that New York Jets team, you've come uh, out of the fire straight into the frying pan. He's literally, every camera is on him because everyone knows that he's going to supersede Sanchez. The fans don't want him. You can tell the team's not behind him. Unfortunately, Sanchez, really, he had to either sort of be reborn again and a, a, new, a new sort of persona and like come out and really show a new side of himself, something he's been hiding all these years. Well, I want to play a little bit of devil's advocate, really, because whilst I appreciate that Sanchez hasn't had the, the best of years, maybe the last couple of years, when you look at the receivers they've had the last couple of years, exactly what has he had to throw to, and maybe he's playing worse because he's trying to force throws to receivers that aren't open, and it's because the receivers aren't getting open that's maybe the issue, rather than it all being on Sanchez's back. Because when they had all the pieces in place, they went to the championship game two years in a row for the AFC. Mm. He was a rookie, his sophomore year. You can't be a bad quarterback and achieve that. No, I think what's really happened here is you've now got Ryan outstaying his welcome. Whereas his system came in... It changed the Jets up. People then had to adjust. It took them two years to really adjust to the Jets. The defense was still uh, a powerhouse playing their, their type of ball, which allowed the offense to, to gain momentum. Now as the players have started dropping away on both sides of the ball, not just the offense, but the defense as well, isn't nowhere near as strong as it used to be, you've left this, this void where you can't really do much except for trying to... Um, how do I explain it? It's like trying to keep the water out of a colander. You know, you can you can... You can try and bar some of the holes, but there's just too many for the water to escape. Yeah, absolutely. So, with that in mind, just to finish off on uh, Sanchez, the Jets were 6-10 and 10 last year. Do you think they're going to improve on that record this year? I would take them the same, or at best, 7-9. and nine. Really? Yes. They are in the East, the AFC East, which isn't going to be easy, I don't think, this year. Um, I think... If they're not careful, Bills will give them a 1-4. I think Miami will give them one 1-4, especially when they're travelling to, uh, on the road to them. That, that You know, you could lose two games there quite easily. I yeah, think I they're think nowhere they in the league. Well. Nowhere in the league of the Pats. Yeah, the divisions don't really, they don't stem up, I believe. Is it the North they've got to play as well? Is it part of their, their sort of matchups this year? Is it the, the AFC North I think they've got to take on? I can't remember. No, I know. I think we had them last year. I thought I remember playing Baltimore last year, but um, we'll have to uh, double-check that. No, I think so. Uh, I mean, we've got week one. We've got uh, Miami the... taking on Cleveland. So I, I, Oh, yeah, that'll probably be the I, North then. Yeah. I, I do think it is the North, and I'm sitting there going, I don't see them beating. <laughs> to be fair, at the way, actually, I was quite impressed with some of the pieces that are in place in Cleveland. I wouldn't see them beating Cleveland uh, if they had to go to Cleveland. I don't see them beating Baltimore, Cincy, or, or Pittsburgh, even Pittsburgh in their weakened state. Okay, that, that's fair enough. I, I'm I'm hoping they're not going to do too well either this I, year. I would take, take 6-10, and 10, or the 7-9 is the best they're going to do, with pretty much them sort of... I want to see how Gino does. Because I think Gino could make a difference just because, you know, he has the presence of mind to do bit that. A bit more mobile as well. A bit more mobile. He gives you that option to play out outside the um, the, the box, as it were. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be how he settles down. The preseason hasn't been great for him. He's, he's sort of been flustered easily, throwing a lot of picks. I think so far this preseason, I think he's not doing too great. I think he's two, oh, two for seven over touchdowns over. 
No, free for seven. I think it is. I mean, I know it's preseason, so they only get like one drive. Oh right, yeah, game. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, you mean three touchdowns. Three to seven touchdowns picks. to seven interceptions. The last game he got. I definitely know. I was watching this with quite interest. They gave him a nice, good, almost like this entire first half. Is this Gino? Sorry. This is Smith. Yeah, they gave him the entire first half, and I believe he ended up um, one touchdown, three interceptions off about twenty passes. Okay, so if the AFC East have got the AFC North. That does lead me into something. I was going back through our last podcast yesterday, just having a, a quick listen in, and uh, you made quite a bold statement, I think. <laughs> <clears throat> you were talking about the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, or the Bungles, as you so eloquently called them, and talking about how you think they're going to win the AFC North title and potentially end up in the same playoff bracket as the Pats. Do you stand by that statement? Yes, I'm going to stand by that statement because looking at some of the 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 off play for the Pats as um, as well, uh, there was again against things like uh, Detroit the preseason. I mean, even when they had Brady out starting, Brady got a lot of pressure on him. That offensive line is not going to keep him upright as much this year. He hasn't got um, the Wes Welker. Even as an as a Rams fan, Danny Amendola is no Wes Welker. He will, he will not create the same amount of pressure on the ball. I like their new tight end to replace Hernandez, the sack Sudfeld. But again, he's not he's not Hernandez. Um, I think it's going to be a transitional year. They'll still take, I think they'll still take the East, but not in the same bracket as to miss, you know, get the buys. Right. Okay. So therefore, I think you think they'll be like third or fourth in the AFC. I then. think they'll be third or fourth, and I think Cincy as well will have to go through the wild card rounds. So I will stay by that fact. Okay, that's fair enough. Both them and Cincy in the wild cards at the end. Of, both both playoffs, but both having to get through the wild cards first. I'm gonna go out on a limb right now. <laughs> Is that just just to be just to be awkward? Yeah, and, and be me. And I'm gonna say that the Pats won't make the playoffs this year. Oh. And I'm going to say that the and curse them at the same time that the Bills and the Dolphins will be atop the AFC East and they'll be a complete in that division. If it's going to swing, I mean, ah, oh, see, I would have taken a Miami swing with um, Keller. With Keller, you know what? If Manuel stays healthy, yeah, bring it on for the Bills. Manuel stays healthy and he he produces what he can. Your defence lives up to the task. I know they've thrown quite a bit of money into that defence, haven't they? Uh, they did last year. This year it's more been about the, the coaching change, changing it back to a 3-4, getting Patine mm. in from the New York Jets, which the Jets' defence has been consistently good for the last number of years under him. So hopefully we'll start to get a bit more pressure on the quarterback as opposed to last year where it was um, spot the blitz almost or, or, <laughs> yeah. or where's the blitzer as oh, opposed yes, to where yes, the uh, is. Now... Going back on uh, last year's ones, you've done yours. I remember definitely there was a couple of ones there where you've literally screamed at the screen saying, where's the blitz? Where is the blitz? Yeah, and something I've learned through flag this year, just the value of the blitz and that extra pressure, just it gives the defensive backs just that bit of extra um, bit of extra time to, or, or sorry, gives the receivers that little bit of less time to try and break away or get as clear as they want to be, giving them more of an advantage to the defensive back, either jump a play or just tip the pass, something like that. So, um, so we'll see what happens there. We'll uh, hopefully my uh, will stay, but we'll see. Um, let's move on now to a question from Harry. Um, who will win the NFC West? Seattle. 
Wow, you're giving me a one-word answer. That's all you're going to go for. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, Seattle. Seattle are going to they they're going to dominate. I think. I, I think Kaepernick will go through a, a worse sophomore slump than someone like Wilson will, because Wilson again has the the piece in place now. I know Harvin's out, but, but they're still a good receiver. But they've core. got great receiving core still. They've got Rice um, leading that group. There's. I can't think of the, the number two, but they're, they're third back. I've been keeping an eye on him as maybe a potential sleep in the fantasy. The third running back? You no, mean? no, the um, like wide receiver. Golden, no, Golden Tate or... Uh, no, Golden Tate's the second one, thank you. The third one is this, this cursed black guy, and he's actually... What, as in he's got a curse on no, him? No, no, like it's his last name. His, his last, last name, name is K-E-A-R-S-E. Oh, like Javon Curse, the old defensive end. Yes, like that. Ah, yeah, okay. Now he's actually put a lot of actually he's a big guy he's he's putting well over six four and he's around about if 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 not two hundred then you know not far off it and he, he's he's that sort of pressure if you think of people like Tate he's small nimble you think of people like um, Sidney Rice who again isn't like a big sort of shove off back this guy is much more built like a Megatron so I think he's gonna he's gonna be more in place plus with Marshawn Lynch um, I still I'm a bit tetchy over over Gore's capability to last the entire season so that's why you think they'd outlast San Francisco that and I, I'd go for Seattle's defence over the San there's not much in it they are both two great defences but I would definitely favour the pass defence of Seattle I think you can get behind if you can get behind the front seven of um, San Francisco you've got a chance Really? Yeah. Even with the fact that they've drafted Reed as a safety to replace Goldson, and they've still got my boy Dante Wintner back there. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna knock you out before you can even try and get that deep ball. That's but they've the still idea. got the likes of Carlos Rogers as one of their cornerbacks. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a bad secondary. You're just saying that Seattle's going to be better. Seattle's, um, when you look at it, the likes of Thomas and other names that are now designed to elude me at the critical moment when I'm trying to convince you, <laughs> um, literally, I've been balancing them up again. Well, like main... Sherman, I think, is one of them. Ma- isn't he? Yeah, the Sherman. Oh, yeah. Mainly for fantasy purposes, I put a lot of time into working out the best defensive structure, and I think that you, I take Seattle's defense plus, you know, their offense. You know, if you work it out as a sort of out of ten. Yeah. So you've got, I'd say, eight offense, eight out, eight out of ten for the offense for Seattle. You've got nine out of ten for their defense, so that's on seventeen. Whereas I fear that you really got it on the other side of the ball. It's more like eight and eight, so it's sixteen. That's how that's how close it is, guys. You know, there's yeah. a point in it. Okay, I'm with you. So, but I would take Seattle just because I think when you got to think of it, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to those two playing each other, the two games against each other. So the Rams are they going to finish third or fourth in that division this year? I unfortunately, I think we're going to finish fourth. I, I really like. Carson Palmer coming into Arizona. Really like Carson Palmer really? coming into Arizona. Yeah. I do fear, unfortunately, we're going to end up at the bottom of the pile. Though, I wouldn't be surprised if we end up at the bottom of the pile with a 500 or better. Right, OK. You think it's going to be a really tough division? I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be, if not the most competitive division, or if not the second most competitive division. Behind the NFC East? Yeah, I'd have to say, yeah. Yeah, actually, I will. I will, I will actually put them back down to second. I will solidify the second place. Just because that that NFC East, whichever way you look at it, and normally it doesn't matter how good or bad the seasons are having, that is predominantly the toughest division in it with Philly, Washington, Eli and the Giants, and... Uh, Dallas. Uh, did I mention Dallas? I had not mentioned Dallas. No, I don't, no I don't think I had no Philly, Washington, Giants, yeah, yeah and Dallas, sorry, yeah. I, I, I thought about saying Dallas, but then I thought that would make me sound stupid because I thought I'd said them twice. Now I just sound even more stupid. 
so we will move swiftly on. Batted has been off to the races. 40, 30, 20, 10, 5, touchdown. Let's uh, go with another one of uh, Harry's great questions for us. Which teams do you predict will have the biggest swing in regular season record from last year? So whether that be from a bad record to a good record or a good record to a bad record. Um, I've been thinking a good deal about this and thinking of both sides of the swing. So I'll start with the bad team who will become good, Jacksonville. Really? Jacksonville. You look what they've put into their team. You You're look... just looking at their uniform and that's why you think they're going to do I, well. I, I, must, I love the uniform, but <laughs> forget last year. I'm sure they would love to. But you've got to look what they've put in uh, behind it. They've got some really solid guys in defence that they might have got in there. Is uh, What's his name? Puzzlesny? Puzzlesny, yeah. I'm not even going to try it. I do apologise. Um, anyone buffalo Anyone who can actually pronounce that or, or, or such. Um, they've got a loving the offence. I think they will start to get things clicking on that offence. With Gabbert? Possibly. I, I honestly think, give the give the kid his juice. He has got something there that he could use to create. But not only that, you think you've got Maurice Jones-Drew. Yeah. You've got the likes of Blackman. You've got Cecil Shorts, I think, is underrated for what he does. And they, you've got to think, they, they drafted... Denard Robinson, the West Virginia man, the um, oh, the, the the quarterback slash running back, what well slash uh, the, everything. The they've did, they've still left him determined as an OW, an offensive weapon. weapon. Oh right, that's okay. how they've left him. And to be fair, he was used pretty much ninety percent as a running back through preseason. I'd like to see how that progresses. Although going back to the question, because of where they ended up last year and and such, they got not the worst you know regular season sort of schedule and I think there's a couple of games there that if they can get on the get on the roll understand what they got to do yeah they can, there's there's a few opponents there to take advantage of okay one uh, I think may there there may be a bit of a swing around and I think the Titans with all the uh, moves they've made in the off season particularly oh, both of us going the south both of us going the south well one oh, of us so, it, it was so bad last year <laughs> imagine if uh, there was a massive swing and both of these finished above the Colts this year because luck has a sophomore slump but um, the Titans they they had some great pieces on uh, defense as well didn't they last year and you had uh, is it Kuchli who had the most tackles in the league last year on defense obviously they spent uh, a lot of time Kluchki is um, Carolina is he oh, okay. yeah but they they had a, a similar yeah I know what you mean he's got an impossible pronouncing name as well like Puzlesny unfortunately <laughs> why do these defensive guys decide to go out and have amazingly tricky names to pronounce they should just call themselves Bullhawk. Bullhawk. Everyone's called Bullhawk. <laughs> Everyone could be called Bullhawk, and then no one will have to worry. No. <laughs> um, but so the Titans, I think, looking good. Definitely an improvement. So maybe improve to like an eight and eight record this year. I think just try and get up there. So they'll be there or thereabouts, but may miss out on the playoffs depending on the other teams around the AFC. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna dart in there with one that's gonna swing the other way, and it's not gonna be too popular with Harry. Because I'm seeing Baltimore, despite the coaching, yeah, they're gonna have they're gonna have that inevitable season where you lose such big players like Mr. Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. You're trying to fill their shoes. Not only that, they've obviously lost Kruger as well. Yeah. So that, and they've lost um, is it Corey Williams? They lost at cornerback. Um, yes, uh, Reed went over to Houston. Yeah. So 
they've lost quite a few pieces from the defence and whilst the offence is still there defences win championships I'm sure that's we what they're famous for as well exactly. I mean, so, that, you think Ravens you think defence absolutely you can't do. with this bunch no so it's going to take a little bit of time so maybe seeing them in line with the uh, the Bungles stepping up to win that division maybe seeing the Baltimore slide down to maybe 6 and uh, 10 mm. well my swing from a good team to I'm not going to say a bad team but what I'm saying is they're going to make such a change maybe to a, a 500 or such Atlanta. Really? Now that's a bold statement, especially bearing in mind they've now got Stephen Jackson, who you would have to say is an upgrade from Turner at running back. Yes, but what have they done about that woeful secondary and the linebacking core? Not much. Not much at all. You will end up, you'll see Atlanta scores going 30-30 each side of the ball and being complete and utter shootouts with offences driving 500 yards on each, each other. Until they they meet a proper defense who is going to smack them in the nose, stop their ground uh, ground game, manage to get hold of people like Julio Jones or Roddy White, and literally just bring him down. You know, get some pressure on those guys. Pressure on on Ryan. Ryan isn't the best under pressure. No. We've seen it. His decision making over the last couple of years under pressure, duress. It's it's some it's can be some of the worst. Yeah. I mean, he does go almost full rookie mode when he's got a face full of um, defensive end. And I like the Saints in the NFC South again. I like Saints because Carolina. I I love Carolina. I think Saints and Carolina they're my two. I can't split Saints and Carolina this year. So this would be uh, Cam Newton's sophomore junior year. Sorry, so his junior year I think I think hopefully last year gave him the slap around the face he needed. They've got people like you say Kluchki and stuff like that on um, on defence. They've got a solid bunch of uh, defenders actually also added in a round. They've moved around a couple of the coordinators. Um, they've been playing amazing defense through preseason. The offense is looking sharp because they've got people like Olsen and Smith. That you know, Olsen's a big one to have, I think, for fantasy as well yeah. because he does seem to be a favorite target for Newton. I honestly think he's just getting out of jail free. Um, probably the only sort of place they can look to expand out maybe is in the running back. But I think when you've got such a running quarterback it's not such a problem plus they've also got D'Angelo Williams haven't they yeah I mean but I, I think he's he's starting to turn the grade now he's got he's in year six or seven now I think he's had a few niggles that have sort of slowed his career from exploding the way it has he's still got the pace to be the flash over Cam sort of thunder mm. but um, I honestly I'd, I'd, I'd like to split the um, the Saints and the Panthers this year which I'm afraid is going to leave people like Atlanta having to pick at bones uh, between either a 7 and 9, 8 and 8, or 9 and 7s, which I don't think is going to be enough in such a difficult NFC to get them into the wild cards. Yeah, with the Bucks as well in that division, aren't they? Bucks are in that division as well. I think they're still in the rebuild. Give them maybe just slightly under 500, 7 and 9, uh, maybe going down like the Jets, 6 and 10. I just don't know how it's progressing. There's a lot of question marks to be still be held over the quarterback, Josh Freeman. Yeah. I mean, you might even see Mike Glennon coming in at the end of the year, that rookie they've um, drafted. He's really? been, he's been outshining him. Outshining. You look at pre-season, outshine. We'll have to wait and see, won't we? Because sometimes you get the feeling that in pre-season they just, they just don't bother, which is why the rookies often outshine them. But if you want your job, you've got to compete all the time. Well, that's the attitude you should have anyway. You got an orange peanut? Yeah. An orange peanut? Mm-hmm. For me? That's right. Oh, wow. An orange peanut? Well, I accept you. Moving on now then, um, 
curtain raiser. We have the Ravens versus the Broncos this Thursday. What are your thoughts on that game, bearing in mind what we've just talked about with Baltimore? You know, I think they'll put up a good competitive game. I think um, the big question about this game is how much of a hole does Von Miller make? Really? That's what we're going for. We're going for how much of a hole does Von Miller make? There is a definite sense that you can see a, a completely new grade of team when he is in that defense. Although they are they are going to be missing Dumerville, of course, but he was a key part for them last year in that deed, clogging up the middle so that likes of Von Miller can get round the edge. Exactly, which makes it all more imperative that the fact that Von Miller's gone so stupidly, got himself, I can't remember, is it four or six? I think it's... Oh, he's banned for at least four. Four, I, mean, yeah. I think, yeah, I think it is the four-game ban. Stuff like that, you're, you're literally not helping yourself nor your teammates. That's who you're letting down, really. And then from that, that's the knock-on. I just, I fear that... Um, that's going to decide the first half, I think, really. Once you've got to give Manning time to get settled into what he's doing. And Manning has Welker this year, which is just going to be unbelievable, I, I think. I, I mean, it's I brilliant, it's but he's, he's always had someone like that. He's had people like Decker and stuff like that. Yeah, we all know Stokely about is Thomas. Well, Stokely is yeah. Stokely's not there, obviously. Yeah. So. We all know about Thomas and how he's a big physical back and he can just do it, right? Yeah, tomorrow, so, yeah. At the same time... You have to realise that he's, you know, Manning, since he's been here last year, he's had the fluttering underneath slot guys. He has, it but just Thomas so isn't going to be a slot guy. Now no, no, he's no, got no, 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 that's what I mean. Yeah. That's what I mean. He's had the likes of Decker and Stokely. Yeah. That's what I mean. Now he's got the likes of Welker, who maybe are in that next ballpark along, yeah. which would be great, which makes me think it's another reason why I'm saying they might find um, fantasy owners out there uh, Demarius Thomas might become a bit of a slump this year just because the amount that actually Welker takes from him. The production that Welker yeah. will have, yeah. But I, I still think that this will be a good game. I think you're looking at around about... Uh, I'd have to put it somewhere between 24-27 for the the, uh, for the Broncos and you're looking about 14-17 for, for the Ravens, really. Yeah, agreed. I think it is going um, to be quite close. Score-wise... I'll probably go for about the same. Maybe because it's the opening game of the season, it's a Thursday seven to night. 7-10 to ten points? 7-10 to ten points? Mm, I'm going to go with, because it's a Thursday night and it's the first game of the season, I'm going to go with 24-21 uh, Broncos. Fair enough. Nice and tight. Yeah, absolutely. Which is how some like it. No, no, I didn't even... <laughs> that did not set that up. That is nowhere near part of my innuendo reel. It is, because you said it was going to be tight. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, so... Let's uh, digress back to fantasy football as we were just touching on the production Wes Welker would have there. We've obviously got our traditional Spartan League set up which we've now moved across to uh, ESPN just because for me the site's just a lot crisper, it's easier to get the information and because there's not flash things going off in your face every five minutes it uh, just makes the whole journey a, a lot smoother. So a little bit of promotion for ESPN there. Um, Free of charge. Exactly, but you know where you can call. Right, so our Fantasy Football League, we've uh, got a few new people in there this year because we've got a few new teammates in, obviously the Spartans, so you've got the like, this year we've got obviously Pick and Mick in it, got uh, Luke Whitaker in it, Harry's of, gonna, course. Harry, yeah. of course is going to be in it this year, so um, where do you see yourself finishing this year? Are we going to change your nickname back to the fact that you I own Fantasy, fantasy Football? Yeah. I don't know, because this year of course we're going for IDPs and I've never done an IDP league. Um, no. For people who um, 
on 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 the lingo so you shouldn't just yeah. use use the sort of abbreviation individual defensive positions yeah so basically you're having to scale out an entire offense and an entire defense now so you're literally putting um, it's not quite a full 11 aside, is no, it? No, because you miss off the offensive line. So you have the key offensive permissions you, outside of the line and a full defence. Basically, though, it does work out to about 18 players you've got to pick each week, isn't it? Yeah, it's at least that. Yeah, because yeah. I think the in total we've got about 22 or between 22 and 28 draft rounds to do tomorrow night. 30. So. Is it 30? 30. Wow, yeah, I knew it was yeah. going to be a lot, so... It's going to be interesting. I mean, I did one uh, of those leagues last year, the IDP leagues last year. It is good fun. The only thing that caught me off guard was the scoring system they had in the particular league I was in. So defenders and defences were getting like 1,500 to 2,000 points, stuff like that, or like 500 points. I don't quite get how that scoring system works. So we're going to keep it a bit more simple. It's going to be obviously a few points for an interception, few points for a fumble recovery that sort of thing and obviously six points for a touchdown and etc etc so you but, may have also noticed yeah. that you're in the slightly I would say tougher division this I haven't I haven't seen the uh, the divisions yet to be fair uh, that that's I'm keeping that sort of until I go into draft mode tomorrow okay and well have a look at that again I'm gonna go ahead and just fill you in okay you, there's yourself Harry okay coach mm. Mike and Wolfie oh all right, yes. Uh, I've taken on Wolfie last year. Wolf did really well, to be fair, and so that that's already a challenge. The other three are complete new, and so they'll be they'll be a fresh challenge. So I could either get whooped or or they just uh, meet for the picking. That's it. And the uh, the fun thing is going to be finding out what draft order we're picking in because it's set to randomise an hour before tomorrow's draft. So at the moment, all the planning is sort of up in the air because best intentions and all that. You may end up with pick ten. Yeah, <laughs> which has its minuses but has its benefits that you get pick 10 and then pick one in the next round but you know we'll have to see how it goes but do let us know how uh, what you're planning to do for your uh, if you haven't had your drafts already you know what you're going to do if you've had your drafts what have you done yeah any last minute tips <laughs> although maybe too late by then but um, just finally then we'll finish up with um who are you looking forward to seeing play this year? Whether it be rookies that have come through the draft or players that are maybe in their second, third years and you're going to look to see kick on and, and really shine this year. I see. I'm not sure. There's a few. I'm really looking forward to seeing Adrian Peterson, but that's because I get to see him live at Wembley. You're going to the game this year, I'm right? into both games. I've been a little bit self-indulgent and got both games. Was that when they were doing the officer that you bought both games at, at once? Yeah, pretty much. Both games for the single game price. I can't remember what the deal was now. This is all Did there, both games March. for £80 or something, something like that? Something like that. I think I paid 90 quid per uh, 90 quid for the lot, um, which... It's um, a really good price, to be fair. To be fair, it when you both 45 games. Yeah. yeah. But... Um, yeah, no, I really am looking forward to seeing Adrian Peterson because you see him on the TV, you see the cuts and stuff like that. I want to see them in, you know, live. I really do want to see them. As far as we go through players themselves, there's a few I want to see, uh, rookie-wise, are the ones like Star Lu, uh, Lule, Star Lutalele. Thank you. That Only one. because I listened to you pronounce it so perfectly on the podcast yesterday when <sighs> when I was listening to it back. See, I. But he, he literally, I think he has got, he's had really great talk from the the press coming out of Carolina who have been at the training camps, what he's been able to do on the, the other side through um, pre-season. 
and that that's really impressed me so far. And the other one, sort of, the only other sort of person I'm really looking forward to seeing is I'm looking to see how the progression. I mean, this is slightly out of the NFL now. Is uh, Devon uh, Clowney? He's still playing college. He's football still at the playing in college football. Yeah. Yes, but everyone's still uh, looking forward to saying that he's pretty much almost without severe injury or you know arrest or something like that. Pretty much looking at number one next year if he keep you know if he plays his cards right. Really for the NFL draft already now. So even ahead of the likes of AJ McCann, who's going to be coming out of Alabama next year. Yeah. Yeah, that's literally it. Um, mainly it's because me, I love to... Um, I'm a big defensive guy, so I love watching the development of, of, you know, defensive players and especially the ones that are supposed to be making the big names. And, you know, some of the names that they, they people have put in with, like Strayan and stuff like these, like huge really? names that people have sat there and gone, he reminds me of and such. Um, first game this year against North, uh, North Carolina, a lot of hands on hips. Looked a little bit out of shape. I think a little yeah. bit more conditioning's needed there. A few Definitely. less Big Macs over the summer. But, um, yeah, they're, they're the two players I'm really looking forward to. There's a couple of other defensive rookies. Um, there's one called Josh Norman, who's a corner, who's starting out for the Packers. Yeah. Because they've had a couple... They've had a, a few people in the secondary they've they've lost. You know, um, defensive rookies, I'm really looking out for. Sheldon Richardson as well, another big name, really looking forward yeah. to seeing him. Eric Reed's the one I think I'm looking out for, just purely because watching all the footage from him at LSU and some of the plays he made in particular against Alabama, I'm really looking forward to see if he can make that next step up and really shine for San Francisco. It'd be great to see if he can uh, if he can achieve that. You've so. just ticked my mind with San Francisco. You know what I'd love to see? Marcus Lattimore. I want to see the guy who's put so much into his NFL career, into yeah. his love and hope and passion and determination and grit for this game. I mean, we sit here and we do our podcast. You know, we we really do love our game. We really do. But the the amount it's not of a sacrifice, on the players, though, is it? the Something. sacrifice that this guy's put him himself through, his loved ones have put themselves through for him, and so it, I honestly, to be fair, I I want to see that guy play NFL because that is the completion of that dream. Yeah, and let's hope he has a decent career rather than just uh, a couple of games. If he can, it is possible. You look at the likes of Willis McGahee who have had a good sort of five ten years in the NFL on the back of a double knee surgery, so. Fingers crossed, um, he'll be able to keep going. Ties me another running back I'm looking forward to seeing. I'm actually hoping he proves a few people wrong because people seem to have been down talking Eddie Lacy's impact. Not sure whether that's more because of the Green Bay system, but I'm really looking forward to seeing him running the ball for them. Have you seen how he's been running in the Green Bay system? Averaging, you know, sort of five, five to ten carries and he's pushing easily over 40 yards every single game. Coming out of the backfield, his hands, he can easily get you 10 yards in a single catch. I have no complacency at all to say that he will become a big chunk and uh, Aaron Rodgers' almost new best friend. He's been brilliant in that, that just the first couple of Number three running back in fantasy territory, do you reckon? I've or, got him in top five. I've got him in top five. Really? I've got him in my top five. In my, my, I, I think if you're going for a high-powered um, free running back sort of flex system... Yeah. He's got to be number two. If you're just going for two backs on a sort of standardised going for wide receivers over, yeah, he's got to be your number one. Really? Yeah. So you, you're looking forward to... I honestly think he's got to be... If you're going to draft him, guys, he'll be gone by round three or four. Don't think that you can pick him up on the cheap. 
especially if you're in the sort of sort of ten plus league systems. I know we're doing ten, aren't we? This year, yeah, we've got ten teams. Um, but year, yeah. some of them, you know, I think they have the capacity to go up sixteen, aren't they? Yeah, it's about that because I think you could effectively do it so that you play every team once and then have well, and then have a like a one week playoffs or something. So, so basically, if you, if you know, unless you're in these nice little short sort of like friend leagues where you only got like sort of six, eight guys, you know, you'll be able to pick them up for fifth round. Ten plus in a competitive league, you are going to struggle finding him after the third round because people are going to know that he's got points written all over him. You just got to put some faith. In punch that ticket. Sounds like the battle's on between me and you tomorrow or Monday <laughs> already, right, then, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> because we're both. The battle lines be... are drawn. Absolutely, there's a line in the sand right now. You can't see it, but it's definitely there on the uh, Eddie Lacey front. Um, looking forward to obviously seeing how EJ Manuel will do at Buffalo because it looks very much like we've drafted him because he's going to be the starter. We want him moving forward. Um, on the Buffalo front, just quickly, I want to say Kevin Kolb can't believe he's gone down with another injury the guy's having such bad luck and um, just want to take the time to wish him all the best and hope he um, gets the recovery he needs and the support he needs because head injuries are no laughing matter so hopefully you know he's going to be okay and ultimately he'll still be okay to whether it be to play or to coach or whatever is best for him as long as he gets to stay in and around football it was quite one of those ones where it just it looked like nothing didn't it he just got a knee to the back of the head yeah Mickey's fault, the Redskins. But um, so, other players. Uh, we've already mentioned Wes Welker. Again, I think it's going to be another high product uh, fantasy player. Looking forward to seeing how well he does with Manning because Manning will target him a lot more perhaps than Brady did, if that's possible. <laughs> Just because, as we say, Manning will always look for that short dump off option, and Welker is, in my eyes, the best slot receiver in the NFL at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it's made Manning's job easy because he's got a two uh, two down check now where literally it's a deep ball on, yes, throw it to Thomas. It's a deep ball on, no, throw it underneath to Welker. Done. Absolutely, yeah. Um, <laughs> Is Welker covered? Maybe there's a third option there. <laughs> You're looking for a running back or a tight end. Yeah. That's it. Absolutely. And uh, finally, it will be... Uh, Tyler Eifert, that's another one I'm looking forward to seeing in Cincinnati. Ah, you're Notre Dame. My Notre Dame lad, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know I like to try and keep these things in the family, so... Well, he is, he is at the moment, He's sitting slightly on, injured, yep. Slightly injured, and he's setting back to number two on the draft roster, though, of course, we know Cincinnati do like to use a lot of double tight end system. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, some big power system. So, well, I think that, um, that pretty much wraps it up. I've not really got any more to, to add to that. Anything else you want to add to the Well, we the uh, players you want to watch, um, there's there's so many that you're, you're sort, of, sort of starting to get interested in and how they're going to ve- develop, but um, we haven't got here to all night to, to, yeah, to, to list them, them all. Plus, you'd probably get bored by that time you would, anyway. Guys, so. you'd, you'd get bored. Yeah. Um, but no, th- I think this is going to be a nice, good, competitive year. I'm hoping we're going to have a nice, you know, touch wood. That there's going to be nothing like the referee debacle or any like shutout sort of money wise and stuff like this to just, it's just going to be football, guys. It's just going to be football this year. Yeah, let's hope so. I'll drink to that. So, uh, on that note, we will uh, leave you in peace. Marcus, as always, it's been a pleasure. And guys and girls out there, if you want to get in touch, um, you know how to do it. Use the icons on the uh, at the top of the uh, the webpage. Get in touch if you've got any questions for us. 
if you uh, want to be a part of the podcast at any point, whether it just be asking us a question for us to read out on air, or if you actually want to be a guest on the podcast, we're looking to try and open it up and get as many people in- as involved as possible. Um, because we just love to, as the name says on the tin, we love to spit ball. So the more people we can have to do that with, the better, really. So um, on that note, it's uh, goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. <laughs>